0: hey what's going on big dreamers today we're going to be talking about the power of storytelling storytelling solves all problems okay <laughs> check it out actually i should just clarify this jesus solves all problems but storytelling is uh, is also very good too the world, we're unstoppable, never let the dream die, even if it seems like, we we can't do it, push through it, we gon' get it done, I am a big dreamer, are you, I say, I am a big dreamer. What's up, big dreamers? Okay, so we are going to be talking about today about one of the most important things that you can ever do in your business, and that is harness the power of storytelling. Okay, now you might not consider yourself a good storyteller right now, but I want you to I want you to realize something. If you learn to be a good storyteller, you can literally persuade anybody of anything. Okay, if you have a powerful enough story uh, to you know to make your point. Um, so. That's going to serve you very, very well in business, okay? It's one of the most powerful tools that I ever use. One of my weapons in my arsenal that I always use to sell anything, any of my products, any of my services, okay? If you harness the power of storytelling, you are going to be successful, okay? You're going to be unstoppable, all right? But uh, too many people do not put the emphasis behind storytelling that they need to in order for them to be successful in business so i want you to make that commitment to yourself right now that you are going to be a powerful storyteller because i promise you if you if you can harness the power of storytelling you can literally in anything it doesn't have to be business in anything you can literally persuade anybody to do anything okay so um what do i mean all right well there's these three concepts. You use them in, con- in, in conjunction with one another, and I learned it from Russell Brunson. It's called the hook story offer, okay? The hook is anything that causes your viewer or your listener or your audience to say, wait, what? What did he just say? Or what did she just say? Or what was that? It captures their attention. It's a pattern interrupt. Okay, it's, it's different than anything else that they've seen in their day, right? And it causes them to stop in their tracks, all right? Because in this day and age, what we're fighting for is attention. What we're fighting for is attention. So if you can capture the attention of somebody, then you, the only way that you can retain their attention is by telling a story, all right? Now, we shift over into story. For stories, that's where the magic happens, Okay. Everybody, whenever you're trying to introduce something new to anybody else, you are—they automatically have knee-jerk objections. They auto- automatically have an alligator brain, right? The—the um, the reptilian brain uh, that they've had since you know caveman years, right? It's a fight or flight mechanism. Okay, their automatic defenses go up. You just think of it like a little mini fortress around their around their head. Right? That goes up immediately whenever you try to, whenever they feel like you're trying to convince them of something. Immediately, they will, you know, conjure up a whole bunch of different stories or past experiences to support their belief, even if they don't care about it too much. Even if it's really not a big deal to them, Um, they have inherent stories that are convincing them or persuading them of something, okay? Now, in order to get anybody to do anything, whether it's purchase a product, uh, you know, um a uh to get them to convince you to get a promotion in your job or get that, you know, ask that girl out and convince her to come out on a date with you, whatever the case is, like whatever whatever it is, you need to do it using a story, okay? Because and why? Why why does that work? Why is it important? Well, you have to understand why it works. Okay. The reason it works so well is because any belief that anybody has, any belief that anybody has is propped up by a whole bunch of stories or their past experiences or things that they've learned or things or you know, things that things that they've learned from people they trust. Like whatever stories are in there already are supporting that belief system okay that worldview that perspective all right and so in order for you to change their belief about something you have to shatter those old stories that are in their mind and replace it with a more powerful story that now convinces them of the new thing that you're trying to persuade them of all right that's how it works and that's that's why it works okay because if you can understand that every belief that you have, whether it's you know your belief in gravity or your belief in God, whatever your belief hat whatever your your uh, stories are that prop up that belief, okay they can be changed. all right now I'm gonna do a disclaimer here uh, you can't change anybody's belief about God if they're a christian (laughs) now i know a lot of you guys listen to this may not necessarily be christian but that's my belief right my firm belief is that if someone is truly a christian and is of god's elect well that means that you know no matter what stories you tell them like god's going to protect them from you know any heresy essentially right so that's my belief okay um but any case but it applies to everything else, all right? Uh, this literally applies to everything else. So now everything that I just shared with you, okay, maybe you, you know, were considering uh, leaving this podcast episode, right? And the reason was because there wasn't anything apart from the value that you're receiving from it. There wasn't anything that that kept you on, right? That like pulled you in, okay? Why? Well, because I was just telling facts. I was just stating facts, right? I was just telling you the things that I knew to be true and you just absorbed that value, that material. Now, is it lasting? It's not lasting, why? Because I didn't make my point using a story, right? You see, like that's that's this is the point that I'm trying to make. You can share a point, you can share a fact, right? But it won't make a lasting impression. People won't be able to regurgitate it later. People, It won't be a memorable experience for your audience if you don't seal it, cement it with a story, okay? That's what makes it so powerful, okay? Because you can fact tell all day and people fact check each other all day and all that stuff, right? But when somebody comes in with a story, you can't argue with that, right? You can't argue, you can't debate a story, okay? It's just... It just is, okay? And if it's powerful enough, it can persuade you to have the same epiphany, the same ideology, the same belief that the storyteller holds, all right? That's what's so powerful about it. Now, um, yesterday, for instance, I was in a, uh, uh, my my in-laws came over and we were just walking. We got some family portraits done. Um, and then we were just walking and we saw a Red Robin. So I said, let's go to Red Robin, right? And you know Red Robin, they have those little uh, table, Uh, Games, right? I have a two and a four-year-old, so Grayson and I were just there, and I was helping him play that little game, right? Meanwhile, my brother-in-law, who goes to a Catholic school, he goes to Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. um, He was talking to my mother-in-law and my uh, wife about the differences between uh, credo baptism and paedo baptism. uh, Which one of them, paedo baptism, is essentially infant baptism, and then the other is um, just people get baptized whenever they make a profession of faith um, into, you know, of, of Jesus Christ being their Lord and Savior in, in Christian circles, right? In Christianity, that's that's what happens uh, for, for baptism, right? Uh, so now, but there's obviously denominations in the church and all that stuff and people have difference of opinions of that of whether it should be infant baptism or whether it should be like like should you baptize babies or not or do they have to make a profession of faith right like is there any spiritual weight that that um accompanies infant baptism right so anyway i'm here playing with Grayson on the table and uh, they're, they're talking about that, and then I, I chime in, right? And so, uh, if you guys don't know, I used to actually be a missionary um, to the Middle East, actually, for six, about six months of my life. Um, I went to Dubai, and I went to Oman, I lived in uh, Bahrain, um, so the UAE. Uh, so it, it was really, really a cool experience. And yeah, and I was a missionary, essentially. I was, I was sharing the gospel with Muslims, right? And uh, so they obviously, well, it, it, he was like fishing for me to jump into the conversation. And you could just, you could just tell, right? Um, and, and not necessarily fishing for me. I shouldn't say that. Um, but he knew that I was going to jump into the conversation. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So anyway, we were, uh, we were there talking right and uh what ended up happening was like i jumped in right and i said uh what was it what were you guys saying like what were you guys talking about infant baptism and uh and he said yeah and like now i'm not so sure if i'm going to do like if if i am starting to believe in in baptism and like you know infant baptism and all that stuff whatever because i see in exodus 12 that it says this and it's a correlation to circumcision and all these different things right and so, and I knew he, he goes to a Catholic school and that's their doctrine, right? That, um, you know, infants should be baptized and stuff, right? Uh, so how did I change his belief? Okay, because I did, right? So how did I do it? Well, I did it because I said, look, because I I implemented exactly what I'm telling you guys to do, right? Uh, so I said to him, I was like, look, um, when I... I I never grew up in the church, right? I never grew up in the church. What I did was I had a dynamic conversion pretty much in college, right? So I studied the Bible for about three years in college and never stepped foot inside of a church until, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that. But like, actually, I, I could say that into like a real church, you know what I mean, um, until I had come to Christ but three years later, right after I graduated college, because I would always go back to Christian Student Fellowship, uh, which was a campus ministry, so I never walked in for. So what I did was I literally was with my Bible for about three years and just studying the Bible, studying the Bible, studying the Bible. I don't, I don't know how many times I've read over the New Testament, right? And so, um, so anyway, it was just like me and my Bible, right? So my friends, though, that actually like you know helped me come to faith in Christ and all that stuff, whatever. Like what, what they. Wanted to do is they were sharing with me, like, you know, the questions that I had. They said, Well, you know, John Calvin says this, or Martin Luther says this, or Charles Spurgeon says this, or John Piper says this. And they were saying all these people who were like influencers, not influencers, they were like very, very influential in the church, right? And I said, Look, and I told them flat out, and this is a story I'm telling Tanner, which is my brother in law, and I told them flat out, I said, Look, I don't care those people are i literally could care less i don't care if you're going to persuade me of something in in christianity you want me to believe something then what you need to do is you need to show it to me using scripture right like if it's not in scripture then there is no way that i'm going to accept it right but if it is in scripture if you can point to a verse in the bible and you can say look this is why we believe this then I'll accept it. Even if I disagree with it, I'll accept it, right? Because I'm not, you know, like, I'm not going to go, like, God's word is perfect, right? I don't want to take anything out of it. So if there are passages in there that are very difficult to to swallow, very difficult to deal with, I'm not going to take it out. I'm going to wrestle with that, right? And if there are, you know, and, and if there's nothing in there that's included, I'm not going to add anything in, right? And if God in the Old Testament can talk about, shellfish you can't eat shellfish or you can't even wear clothes like for his people they weren't allowed to wear clothes that were woven of two fabrics right like they couldn't do that right and if he has if he's if he was gonna put that inside of the bible then i'm sure he wouldn't mention something about infant baptism if he wanted it to be there right but he doesn't there's no explicit verse in the bible that says anything about infant baptism so i'm telling him the story and i'm telling him like look um So I told them all, I told my friends, I said, look, I don't care. You're going to literally have to point to a verse in scripture to convince me of this thing, right? And then, uh, like, because I don't care, right? But then I told them, like, so using that approach, just me and my Bible and the truth in the Bible, apparently, I'm a strong Calvinist. You know what I mean? Apparently, I'm a very strong Calvinist and have the belief system of charles spurgeon and john piper and uh john calvin and martin luther right like apparently i'm in that camp okay and that's where i end that's where i ended up okay because it was just me and my bible and the scripture found in my bible i don't want to do any loopholes i don't want to do any like you know what i mean and apparently they all believe the same way right so uh so anyway they placed me into a denomination right and they just into like a you know a section. You know what I mean, like uh, of of the of the church, right? And I'm 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 a Calvinist, okay. So um, I'm telling him this, and I was like, look, there is literally nothing inside of the Bible that talks about anything about infant baptism, right? And if it was just you and your Bible, you would never come to that conclusion, okay? It's because you are reading all of this other stuff outside of the Bible that is trying to use different contexts different verses different passages and trying to to mold it all together to come up with some sort of um uh, belief system about that particular topic which is infant baptism right and so i share this with him and i and you know and and with all of them and stuff like that and then i just you know i'm done right and then the food comes and all that stuff and we're eating and and i can tell he just like keeps looking at me so i look at him we make eye contact and then he says um you know what uh, yeah, I'm going to say credo-baptism, right? Like, you're right, you know? And because I told him that story, right? Because I told him that, he cemented his belief system in in, in 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 credo-baptism, right? Because I told a compelling story, right? And I made a point. So what was the point? The point was, if it was just you and your Bible, you'd never come to that conclusion, right? Um, but... Uh, All these people right that your teachers and in your catholic school and like all these people Whatever like that that you're that they're making you read and all that stuff, whatever like that Um, if I were to listen to those people, I might be I might end up somewhere completely different in my belief system Right, but I said is scripture is the anchor. So If it's just you and your bible, what would you what would you say, right? Just you in the bible and the holy spirit to interpret it for you. What would you come up with? Right? He said man, you're right. You know what I mean? Like The only reason I believe in this stuff is because I'm listening to other voices that are not scripture. And that's the epiphany I wanted him to have using my story because I told them, my friends, look, I would never listen to anybody. You know what I mean? Like you have to point it to me inside of scripture, put your finger on a verse and then interpret it. You know what I mean? And say like, what does it mean? And how does it affect my belief system? Right? And so I told him that that's what I did, and that's where, I, where I'm where i at now, and I'm in very good company, right, in terms of, like, the founding fathers of the faith and stuff, right? Or very, 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 very powerful t- titans of the faith, right? So because I shared that with him, then he was like, oh, man, like, yeah, you're right. And then now it cemented his belief system just because I shared that quick, you know, five, six-minute story or something to, to, to him. Um, and so, yeah. And it was in Red Robin and stuff like that. It was really, really cool, right? So now, what did we do in this podcast episode? For the half of it, for the first half of it, I made a point. I was making a point, right? And then the second half, I was telling you how... St- I was showing you using a story how storytelling can actually affect, um, you know, people's influence, right? You can actually influence people using storytelling. So I was... I was Cementing my point in your brains by sharing a story with you, okay? And there's many, many others I could I could have told my, about my son and Tycho Brahe and how Tycho Brahe was um, in the medieval times. He was a man at a ball, right? But there was a rule, there was a law, and the kingdom. In the kingdom, right? Like if the king was having a ball, then nobody was allowed to leave. They had uh, guards. They had soldiers. Like not soldiers guards uh guarding the doors right like nobody could leave until the king left so once the king left the party that's when it was okay for anybody else to leave but here it was it was a feast it was drinking it was all these different things and Tycho brahe was a man who um was eating and drinking and being merry and all that stuff during the ball but then he had to use the bathroom right how many of us have been there they had to use the bathroom okay um and the the guards wouldn't let him leave and he couldn't soil himself they'd kill him right there like in front of that ball and stuff like that so he had to wait until the king was leaving but the king partied all night and so what ended up happening is Tycho brahe actually bursted his bladder his bladder exploded and he died right there true story okay um why do i tell you that story well because in the morning in the mornings um I, I go to the bathroom and stuff like that, and my son, my son says, "No, no, no, don't go to the bathroom. Like, uh, you know, come downstairs and like play with me and stuff like that. Play with me, play with me, play with me." Right. Part of my morning routine is, you know, I brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, take a shower, like all these different things, right? Um, and he said, "Don't go to the bathroom. Don't go to the bathroom." I said, like, "Grayson, I gotta go to the bathroom." And he said, "No, no, no, no." And he's like, starts screaming and stuff like that. So I told him the Tycho Brahe story, and then I said to him, "Grayson, do you want my bladder to explode? Do you want me to die?" He's like, no, he's like, no. He's like, I got to go to the bathroom, buddy. He's like, okay, go, 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 go. <laughs> so and now he's rushing me to the bathroom, right? And so I'm telling you guys, you can use stories to let anybody, uh, to convince anybody of anything, all right? Well, I love you guys. I hope that was helpful for you. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, it's the end of the year. Make sure that you incorporate in 2019, you incorporate the power of storytelling into your business, all right, guys? Love you all. Keep it real, stay humble, and always dream big. Peace out. Look, I know how you live in Cause I've been in that prison before. Well, I got the key. When you wanna break free, get you out of J-O-B. The reason I'm helping, I'm a convicted felon. I drove down that road. If you ready, let's go. You ain't gotta be on death row no more. SMMA, SMMA, Success Secrets Masterclass, is the number one course on how to launch and scale a six-figure social media marketing agency and break free from that prison that you call a job.